The Trap of Ace Novel Audiobook Chapter 5 I cleared my throat, catching everyone's attention around the table. The noise of their cutleries and spoons stopped along. I knew what I was about to say would upset them, but it had to be done. So taking a deep breath, I said, I'm leaving for any this Friday. Silence. The shock on Tobias' face and sadness that formed over my parents were clear. But we thought as your college is finished now, you'd stay with us again from now on. Dad's forehead creased. Mom agreed with him. No dad, I'm not a kid anymore. I can't just crash here just because my college is over. It's time to build my career. So I've to go back. I clarified. But what's wrong with California? You could easily get any job here. Mom argued. If you want your privacy. Honey. Then it's alright. But if you look for a job here. At least you can stay close to us. Her voice broke. Why don't you help Tobias in our own company? Dad suggested. And my brother bobbed his head eagerly. Yes. In that you won't have to work under anyone. You'll have a free will in your own company. You don't need to leave. M. Dad. Tobias. How many times do I have to tell you that I want to do something on my own? I want to prove myself that I can stand on my feet without anyone's support. I'm extremely grateful to have you guys care for me. But, I can't work in our company. Maybe in the future. But not now. What I said was true. I wanted to do something on my own ability. But it wasn't the main reason for me to leave right now. All right. If you want to work somewhere else, it's fine by us. But you don't have to go that far from us. Honey, you could look out for jobs staying here, near us, said mom. Guilt washed over me for hurting her like that. But if I stayed here, I wouldn't be able to take care of my heart. I'm sorry, mom, staying all these years over there. My plans are revolving all around Annie. And I'd have reconsidered my plans if I already wasn't called for interviews next week. I'd two interviews from two prestigious textile companies in Annie. And I couldn't miss them even if I wanted. And these companies who called me for interviews. They've been my dream places to work at. So, I've to leave this Friday. I'm sorry. Dad sighed and placed a hand on Mom's. Comforting her. If that's what you want. Princess. We won't stop you. We're happy if you are. But if by any chance you change your plans. Let us know. I nodded. Relieved that he understood. Thank you. Dad. But don't worry. I will visit time to time to see you guys. But what about Tess' engagement? You can't miss that. Tobias stated. It's in next month. Nothing to worry. I will figure something out when the time comes. I assured him. But he didn't look pleased at all. Honestly, I didn't want to go away from them again. But I didn't have any choice. Asterisk asterisk asterisk. A knock landed on my door. And Warner poked his head in. You busy? No really. Just checking some emails. I answered. Placing the laptop on the bed from my lap. I turned to him. How did your dinner go with your cousin? He shrugged. Good. Just as usual. You tell me. How did your talk go with your family? A sigh left my lips. They weren't happy. 
but they also know that I'm not gonna budge from my decision. I glanced outside the window, gazing at the starry night. Hey, what is it? He asked, turning me to him. I bit my lip, my throat tightening. Nothing, it's just it's difficult to go that far from my family, even if I stayed away for years. But still, I wish I could stay here with them. But for one person, it wasn't possible. Hey, look at me. He grasped my hand. Everything will be alright. Don't be upset. It's just the beginning of your career. Once you get a good grip, maybe in the future you can shift back to this city. And it's not that you won't visit them time to time. And they can also go and see you there. So, don't worry. Okay, everything will turn out good. Nodding my head, I squeezed his hand. Thank you for being always there for me. He smiled and pecked my lips. Anything for you? Asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. Where are they? I asked, adjusting my cap from the scorching sun. People buzzed with excitement around us as they rushed in and out of the auditorium. They will be here in no time. Don't worry. Let's just go and grab our seats. Tobias said ushering me and Warner inside. We were at Costello Drac, the famous place to enjoy horse racing. I didn't know we were coming to this game until my brother called this morning announcing his and Tess plan. Apparently, Caleb, Tess' fiancé didn't get that much time to spend with me and Warner, so Tess thought it'd be great to enjoy a horse race together, a way to catch up with us. I didn't want to come. But Warner was too excited for me to say no, even though meeting my sister didn't appeal to me that much. Saying no would've been rude to Caleb. So I agreed. Once we grabbed out pre-booked seats, we waited for the couple to arrive and the race to start. At least 30 or 35 horses were lined up at the side, far from the auditorium. Their jockeys were preparing themselves and checking their horses to see if everything was alright. Their nays were covered by the hubbub of the audience. A smile stretched at the side of my lips. Those horses were beautiful. I'd always wanted to ride one, but didn't get the chance ever. When Warner brought popcorn and drinks for us, the announcement blared across. The race was about to start in five minutes. Where are Tessa and Caleb? They should be here by now. He moved his brown locks away from his forehead. They're the... Tobias exclaimed, following his gaze. I saw my sister and her fiancé climbing down the stairs, in a yellow sundress and a matching hat. She looked stunning as ever, and Caleb chose to flaunt a white tee and jeans. And here I was, in a black tank and leather jacket, paired with worn-out shorts and sneakers. I didn't even try to doll up a little. Sorry, guys, got stuck with the traffic. Caleb apologized. Greeting Tobias with a side hug, and the same with Warner. But when it came to my turn, he engulfed me in a tight bear hug. I'm glad that you came. M. Finally I will get to spend some time with my would-be sister-in-law and long-lost friend. I smiled. It's great to see you again. And don't worry. You are not late. The race is about to start. I thought you wouldn't come. But I'm happy to see you here. Tess said, giving me a hug, and I didn't reciprocate. Tobias and Caleb saw the act, but didn't comment on it.
Once we were all seated. In no time the race began. Every one of the horses were extremely good and competitive. Their jockeys were guiding them with brilliance. But the teeth and nail race was between two red and black horses. They both were ahead in the race than the others. I was cheering for the red one. Jordan. Not because the black one. Cage was any less good or beautiful. Because I just happened to love the color. Red. Yes. Go Jordan. Go. You can do it. Tess yelled out beside me. She was also on my team. For the first time in our life. Where to bias? Warner were encouraging a different one. And Caleb just watched all of it silently. Which one are you betting for? I almost screamed over the loud cheerings. None. Because I know who is gonna win. He shouted back. Beside Tess. Really? Which one? I ducked away from Tess' elbow. She was leaping with cheerings. Jordan. He is a winner. He replied. How do you know? It can be a different one this time. His brown eyes locked with me. I know because my cousin never loses. And that he pointed towards the horse that was now slightly ahead of the cage. Even a white one now was giving them competition. Is it Chilshire's? He always bets on Jordan. My lips parted in surprise. Ace horse. That means. He was here. My nerve pulsed. Eyes looking around. He was nowhere in the auditorium. But the owner of the horses. The betters never sat at the auditorium with ordinary people. Then my gaze lifted up. And there he was. High in the V. I. P section. Shielded by glass. He stood even higher with his proud chest and powerful broad shoulders with hands in pockets. Some other suited people stood behind him. Watching the race to unfold. I couldn't see where his eyes were as he wore sunglasses. His name thoroughly did justice to his personality. I shook my head and fisted my hands. Get to your senses. M. I didn't know he was gonna be here. Otherwise I wouldn't have come. Now I didn't like that red horse at all. I'd rather support the white one as it now passed the black one. Cage. My sister continued to dance. Now I understood why she was on Jordan's side. For a moment I thought Cage would surpass Jordan. Damn, he was good, commented Warner, while Tobias munched on popcorns. That brat, he definitely knew Ace was gonna present here, but he didn't even think of informing me. Noticing my glare, he raised a brow, to avoid Warner's overhearing. I pointed to his phone. He is here, and you didn't care to inform me. He looked up at me, frowning and then went to typing. Tobias, who? Me, don't be so saint now. I'm talking about Ace. Tobias, oh, but I thought you already knew. After all it's a very common thing to attend the race of his own place. My eyes widened. Wait, what? Costello Drac was his. How come? I thought his every company or property's name started with Valencian. Me, he owns it. And why Costello? Tobias, yes. And it's his mother's last name. Oh, I didn't know much about his family other than him and Caleb, whom his family adopted at the age of 11 when his parents passed away in a car crash. And they grew up together since then. I had only visited their home a few times, and most of the time his parents were missing. When I looked back up, 
He wasn't there anymore. My eyes then glanced at the track. Cage took the place of Jordan now. Explained why my sister had gone so quiet all of a sudden. Huh? The great Mr. Valencian couldn't handle his loss and ran away. Rolling my eyes. I stood up from my seat. The race was almost near the end but my stomach had the other plan. Excusing myself. I climbed up the stairs and headed towards the washroom. Look. Who is here? A group of rugged looking guys whistled as I passed them just outside the washroom area. Fucking hell. Look at those legs. Man. I gritted my teeth. Glaring daggers at them. But I tried to control myself and not give them any attention. What's your name? Babdal. I've two bundles of cash in my pocket right now. Interested? They laughed. That's it. As I turned to them. An arm wrapped around my shoulders and turned me around. M. Don't pay attention to them. They're dangerous. So just avoid them. Avoid them? Did you hear what nonsense they were spitting out? Let me just go and teach them a lesson. I wiggled out of Warner's hold and tried to go back to them but he dragged me away. They whistled and cracked jokes on us until we were out of the side. Outside of the ladies' washroom area. M. Please. If you go and say something. It will be worse. They were four and we were just two. So. Please. Don't make a scene here. He talked logic in my head. So just go inside and come back down. And enjoy yourself. All right. I sighed. Maybe he was right. Nodding my head. I went inside and to take a phone call. He went away. Men weren't allowed inside anyway. Finishing my business. I washed my hands and brushed my waves with my fingers a little. They went wild with the wind. Once satisfied with my hair. I grabbed my cap from the counter and exited the washroom. And when I turned. A yelp left my mouth as a figure towered over me out of nowhere. I gasped. Welcome to download the Brava Novel app. Read the novel The Trap of Ace online and get the latest updates. The Trap of Ace Novel Audiobook Chapter 4 His Rosibood The name that used to give me flutters in my tummy, now only added fuel to something that was smoldering inside me for years. I didn't want to be called with that name anymore. I didn't think my Rosibood could stay mad at me for that long. He drawled out as I kept quiet. Eyes searching for something on my face. My Rosibood. Whatever you see on my face. Achilles Valencian. But you won't find the 15 years old sister of your best friend there. Because she died that night because of you. And the irony was. It wasn't even your fault. Don't call me that. My voice came out much like a snap. When he raised a brow. I tried to cool down my nerves. I couldn't show him my anger. And though how much right it seemed, he wasn't at any fault. He didn't even know. I, I've a name. And I'd prefer to be called by that. I don't like when someone calls me with nicknames. I clarified. The side of his lips quirked up. I know your name. But you will always be Rosibood for me. He leaned in. His hot breath fanning my earlobe. Though this Rosibood of mine now bloomed into a beautiful rose. My heart stuttered. Whispers of the past echoed in my mind. Really? I brightened up like a Christmas tree. 
that means you will marry me. He bit his lip. His eyes lit up with amusement. I'm sorry, Rosie booed. But I can't. Why not? I pouted. Because it's not the right time. You are still so young. Then when will be the right time? I gazed up at him with so much hope. When you turn into a blooming rose from a rosebud. A shaky breath left my lips. A squeezing pain shot through my chest. My eyes stung with forbidden memories. He remembered. But then flashes of that night floated across. My throat tightened, causing me to ball my fists. I gulped. It felt like acid burning inside me. I needed air. Moving out of his arms, I pushed him away. Surprise flashed across his eyes. And then something like concern took over his features. Not wanting to stay there any longer, I turned around and walked away, as fast as I could without creating a scene. Rosie booed. He called after me, his voice closer. At my peripheral vision, I saw Tobias going to him, maybe to stop him from following me. M, where are you going? Ignoring Warner's question, I ran out there and didn't stop until I was at the serenity of the huge balcony. Gripping the railing, I breathed in the cold night air. Up in the sky, hung the half-curved moon, surrounded by gazillions of twinkling stars. They winked at me, as if mocking me for my pathetic feelings. A lone tear escaped my eye as the cool breeze touched my face. And then I let some more to fall free. Tears that I'd been succeeding to put in for years. My hand clutched my chest as I felt the same pain it felt that night. As if someone has sliced the old wounds open. Biting my lip hard. I attempted to stop those tears. Seven years. Seven freaking years. And here I was. Still mourning over the heartache I got as a punishment of my foolishness. Seven years. And it still pained me physically to remember the loss. I was still afraid of meeting him. I was still a coward. That's why I tagged Warner along. I needed support. I knew one way or another. In these two weeks I'd have to face him. I'd been trying to escape from him after that night. I'd avoided him like a plague. Even if it was impossible for some occasions to avoid him before I went to high school to another city. I hadn't looked at him. I didn't look at his face or into his eyes. Because I knew. I knew if I made the mistake to look up. He would see it. He would see it all. And he'd find out how pathetic I was for believing in his words, he said to a nine-years-old naive kid. Not to break her fragile heart. I thought, I'll forget him if I go away. So I went to live in a different city. I thought, if I dated other men, I'd forget him. So I dated a lot of men. If I toughen myself up, I'd be able to wipe him from my memories. But no. Just one glance. And some mere words threw me back to where I'd been years ago. All my attempts failed. Why? I whispered, my voice quivering. Why can't I just move on? After all these years, why does it still hurt? Fuck you, Achilles Valencian. Fuck you for fucking up my life. I wiped my face when I felt a presence behind me. A glass of orange juice was held before me. Just give me a moment. Warner. I will be inside in a while. Sorry to disappoint. But I'm not your boyfriend. He is enjoying his drink very much with your brother inside. 
I snapped my head to him. He followed me here. Stormy gray eyes were dark with anger. Shadowed jaw was clenched. His charcoal suit gleamed under the moonlight as he towered over me. Even after these years, I could only reach his broad shoulders with my five feet four inches. And the way he pronounced the word boyfriend with malice didn't go unnoticed by me. I didn't like that tone at all. Why are you here? I took a step back. His close proximity suffocated me. He covered the distance I created between us, handing me the glass. Came to see if you are okay. You didn't come to see me all these years. You don't need to be concerned about my well-being. I ran my free hand over my arm as chilling air kissed my bare skin. A muscle of his jaw ticked, shrugging off his jacket. He placed it over my shoulders. I tried to go away from his overwhelming presence, but he held me in place and secured it around me. His intoxicating scent filled my senses. I will always be concerned for your well-being. Emerald, I can't stop doing it even if I want. And I won't. Why? I looked up into his intense gray. His arms were still around me. Why wasn't I pulling away? Because I care for you. As a little sister, a sourness rose up my throat. And why do you care for me? I asked, my tone bitter. Leaning in, he snuggled his nose against my hair, breathing me in. A shiver ran down my spine. Then he pulled away and peered into my soul, briefly glancing down at my parted lips. Let's keep the answer for another day. Let the time unfold, the inevitable of its own. Tucking a strand behind my ear, he turned around and strode away, leaving me standing there, cold and confused. What did he mean by inevitable? Whatever. I didn't care. Looking back up at the sky, I took a deep breath to calm myself down. Once feeling more controlled, I sauntered back inside. I found him at the feet of the huge staircase, talking to a bald middle-aged man, but his eyes were on me. Averting my stare, I stopped a passerby waiter. Yes, ma'am, what do you like to have? He gestured to the variety of drinks on his tray. Nothing, but I need you to do something. Shrugging off the jacket, I handed it to him. Would you please return it to Mr. Valencian? He forgot it with me. The waiter followed my gaze and seeing the tightness of his jaws, the color of his face drained. He fumbled in his place with the tray and jacket in both of his hands. Before he could object, I thanked him and left. The more I'd be away from him and things related to him, the more it'd be good for me. M, where were you? You okay? I was about to go to you. But Tobias said to give you some time alone. Did something happen? Warner fired as soon as he saw me. Standing beside him. My brother eyed me with concern. I gave him a tight smile. Nothing happened. Everything is fine. Don't worry. I just needed some fresh air. He didn't look convinced. But nodded his head anyway. That's what I liked about him. He never forced me to do anything I didn't want to. When I asked Tobias for the car keys excusing of not feeling well, he requested me to stay until the announcement and cake cutting. I agreed to stay until the announcement. Only for mom and dad. I didn't want them to worry. And the entire time I ignored a pair of scorching gaze on me.
I needed to get away if I wanted to keep my sanity intact. Asterisk asterisk asterisk. The blaring of my phone alarm woke me from my sleep that had come to me with much difficulty last night. The soft beams of morning glow fell into the room, causing me to squint my eyes. Letting out a yawn, I sat up. My head felt heavy, and soon my heart followed as the memories of last night flew in. Closing my eyes, I pinched the bridge of my nose. Just a matter of a few days, and then I will be gone. A buzz of my mobile caught my attention. Must be one of the girls. Reaching out, I grabbed my phone and saw an unknown number. Good morning, my Rosibood. Hope you'd a good night's sleep. A. My heart skipped a beat. A. M means. Ace. My hands curled around the phone. What does he want now? Was my behavior last night wasn't enough to clarify that I didn't want to do anything with him. Even though he didn't know the reason. I didn't care. I thought to reply to him with a back off. But then decided instead. Deleting the message. I threw my phone back on the bed and padded into the washroom. So, what are you gonna do now? Cassie raised her brow. When Beth munched on the chocolate chips she brought with her. They came to hang out at my place and together we'd breakfast. And now was watching TV at the hall. Sprawling on the leather couches. Mom and Dad went shopping right after breakfast for Tess' upcoming engagement party. And Warner tagged along happily. Good thing that I could share everything with the girls without fearing anyone's overhearing. I don't know, and it doesn't matter. You know, he is just being polite to me as a family friend. That's all, I replied. And, how do you, how that? Beth asked, her mouth filled with chips. I shrugged. Why else was he being so nice all of a sudden then? Before I shifted to any. He was never around. And even he was. He never said a word to me, which I was grateful for. But now, after all these years, he is suddenly so nice to me, calling me Rosibood like nothing happened. Both of them listened to my blabbering with utmost attention. Hmm, it's confusing. Cassie hummed. Maybe you are right. But then you said he remembered what he said on your ninth birthday. I nodded. He did say those words. But I don't know if it was just a coincidence that he said those same words. Maybe he didn't even know what he was saying. Did he really? He even said he cares for you and his behavior was strange. Beth stated. Then her eyes lit up with realization. Maybe he saw you last night and lost his heart to you. You know, love at first sight. I rolled my eyes. Shut up, Beth. Achilles Valencian isn't a man to fall in love with someone at one glance. Of all these years, did you see him with even a single girl around him? Cassie scoffed. Some even think he could be a closet gay. Not even a single girl. I thought if he wasn't with Tess, then there must be another girl in his life. Something burned in my chest at that thought. I ignored the feeling. It wasn't possible. He must have someone in his life. He isn't in that I can guarantee you, Beth retorted. Did you forget the amount of girls he used to tag along at school? Cassie flipped her a middle finger and slumped back on the couch. We don't know everything. Maybe he changed his preference after he'd gone for England for two years. Right after M shifted to NE. 
I heard about him going to England to pursue some degree, and in those two years, he didn't return home even for once. Whatever, and you said you moved on, right, you like Warner, then why do you even care what Achilles Valencian does or not, Beth queried. I was out of answers, uh, of course I moved on, and I do like Warner very much, I raise my chin in confidence, and I don't care what he does or doesn't, I was just sharing what happened last night. Both of them gave me a look, not convinced at all. I shifted my eyes to the television. The doorbell rang breaking the awkward situation. I literally sighed in relief as both of their gaze turned to the door. Cassie went for it, and a minute later she walked in. Well, I think it's a considerable matter now for you to care about, she commented, with a bouquet of white roses in her hand. Whose is it for? Beth raised to her feet. Cassie's eyes locked with mine. Guess who? Leaping up, I grabbed the bouquet and took out the note. A beautiful day should start with those beautiful flowers. Hope you like them. A. My heart raced. Who sent them? And who is A? Asked Beth, frowning. Cassie rolled her eyes. If not by the letter, then you should understand seeing these dozens of rosy buds between those flowers. Beth's eyes went big as realization set in. So he sent flowers for you, her voice teasing. I didn't know people send their family friends good morning messages and flowers without any reason. But why white roses though? I looked up at Cassie as she said. White roses symbolize peace. Her mouth turned up into a smirk. And a fresh start. So you better be start caring. Emerald Hutton. Because I think Achilles Valencian wants a fresh start with you. And as far as we all know, he always gets what he wants. And my heart stopped in my chest. Welcome to download the Brava Novel APP. Read the novel The Trap of Ace online and get the latest updates. The Trap of Ace novel audiobook. Chapter 3 Stormy Grey Eyes A knock landed on the door. You ready? Honey, your dad is waiting downstairs. Yeah, mom, just give a minute, I replied, staring at my reflection in the mirror. All right, come soon. I ran my palm over the red material clung against my skin. It felt smooth. Everything was perfect. The nude makeup, the simple side parted long hair, the off-shoulder gown with a sweetheart neckline and a semi-high slit at the side. Everything was in place. I'm ready, I whispered. Grabbing my black clutch, I smoothed my hair once again and sauntered downstairs. Warner met me at the door. His mouth fell open, light blue eyes looking up and down my body. Holy shit, you all looking, he shook his head. I've no words. I smiled. Thanks, you don't look that bad yourself. He did look good in his three-piece suit and tie. Shall we? I asked. Sure, God knows. No one can take their eyes off of you tonight. Grinning, he gave me an arm, and I took it. Once outside, we found Mom adjusting Dad's tie as he grunted something under his breath. His face turned grim, spotting us together. After Mom gushed about my looks and being proud that I went after her, we all piled in the car. 
though her subtle attempt of asking me if I was feeling good after I left the dinner in the middle. Excusing of my jet lag last night, I knew what she wanted to ensure, if I was okay, not physically, but emotionally. Everyone had avoided talking about the engagement as much as possible before me. They thought it could upset me as they all had an idea of my heartbreak seven years ago. Not all of it though, they weren't aware of what happened that night. But they didn't know I wasn't the 15 years old Emerald anymore. I was going to face the man who broke my heart years ago, and see him announce his engagement with my sister before the world. But I was alright. It's been years since then. I had a boyfriend. I'd moved on. After last night, I hadn't seen her. And honestly, I didn't want to. Even if I didn't care anymore. I still felt the anger and betrayal I felt that night. After knowing everything, how could she come and announce her engagement to me as if nothing happened? How could she? I shook myself. Not wanting to remember the past. I was stronger now. The past should remain in the past. And I should be happy for her. It's been years after all. And I've overcome the past. It didn't affect me now. Not at all. The car screeched to a halt. Along with my heart. Mom and Dad got out. And Warner followed behind. We were here. M. Warner called out. Waiting for me outside. Deep breaths came out of me. My hands fisted my gown at my knees. Heart palpitating down the chest. My mouth turned dry. A drop of sweat trickled down my nape. It was slipping. The calm facade. It was slipping from my control. Honey. Come on. Tessa is waiting for us inside. Mom probed. I can do it. Nothing happened. I've moved on. Giving her a tight nod. I gritted my teeth and scrambled out with shaky knees. I caught Warner's arm in a vice grip as my eyes fell on the huge mansion I didn't remember when I last visited. You alright? You look a little pale. Warner asked as we crossed the threshold. The line I shouldn't cross. I'm fine. My nails dug into my palms. Are you sure? I nodded. Clutching him harder. He winced. But didn't ask any further. And I was grateful for that. I let him drag me across the mass of people dressed in sophisticated and branded clothes. The vest hall was sufficient to gulp the massive crowd alone. Everything was decorated the way a party of one of the most influential families should be. Elegant yet dazzling. As we passed the chatting and drinking crowd, we spotted Tess, standing beside some of her friends. Seeing us, she excused herself and rushed to us. The tail of her silvery sparkling gown dragged behind her. Tobias also followed. If all of their friends were here, that meant. Tugging my hand out of Warner's arm, I took a step back. My eyes glanced around. My legs urged me to run. Go back to the safety of my room where someone couldn't reach me. Someone whom I buried at the pit of my memories. Oh my god. Look at my baby. You are looking so beautiful. Mom's voice croaked as she glanced at Dad. When did our daughter get so big? Wilson. Look at her wearing an engagement ring today. She sniffled. I averted my eyes from her ring. And took a glass of wine from a passing waiter. My hand shook around it. Dad rubbed Mom's back while Tess rolled her eyes. Mom, 
We're just announcing our official engagement date. I'm not getting married tonight. Don't worry about her. She just got a little emotional. Anyway, where is your fiancé? Dad asked, looking around. Oh, he is over there. She pointed near the bar, and I froze. Slowly and steadily, I followed everyone's gaze. Four men stood together. One of them stood with his back to us. Is it him? Seven years. After seven years, I will come to him face to face. I will have to look into those stormy gray eyes. I let out a shaky breath. I needed air. I needed out. Just as I was about to slip away, Tess called out for him. Caleb. My steps halted. Caleb. I glanced at the direction as that man turned around and a broad grin lightened his face. Striding closer, he kissed on Tess' cheek and greeted mom and dad. Their linked arms, gazing at each other's sighs with full of affection, I blinked. A silent gasp slipped through my lips. That means, Caleb was the one Tess got engaged to, Achilles' cousin. Now that Vinhering made sense, Ver Valencian, Caleb Valencian. A pressure in my chest suddenly disappeared, filling it with air. They weren't together. M. Emerald, is that you? Caleb asked. Recognition flickered in his brown eyes. Oh my god, it is the infamous Emerald Hutton who didn't even give a call to this poor abandoned man all these times. I managed a smile. Hey, Caleb. He engulfed me in a bear hug, and I couldn't help but return his endearment. He was like a big brother to me, but in the process of distancing myself with him, I cut ties with everyone involving the Valentians. He pulled away and put his hands on my shoulders. Did anyone tell you what a beautiful woman you've grown up into? Chuckling, I shook my head. The grip around my glass remained firm. Any moment now. If you've stopped flirting with my sister, can I hug her now? Tess raised her brow at Caleb. Grinning, he placed a kiss on her temple. You know I only have my eyes on you, right? Rolling her eyes, she pushed him away and threw her arms around me. You are looking lovely. So are you, I said, her gaze locked with mine. Something close to regret flashed in her eyes, and then something else which I couldn't decipher. Emerald, I, all right, it's time for a dance. Caleb interrupted. His giving Tessa look didn't go unnoticed. What's going on? Shall we? Blinking, Tess cleared her throat. She smiled and placed her hand on Caleb's and together they skipped off to the dance floor. Mom and Dad got busy in conversation with some other couple. Warner's phone rang, cutting him in the middle as he went to say something. Excusing himself, he walked away to attend the call. Tobias noticed my wary glances around. My uneasiness. Relax. Everything will be fine. What? Why did you say that? I feigned confusion. He sighed, shaking his head. Nothing. You need another drink. He jutted his chin at my empty glass. No. Stay here with me. I wanted to say, but decided to go against it. Sure. Nodding. He went to the bar to get us drinks. I didn't need anyone for support. I could deal with it alone. I wasn't still that naive teenager who will fall on his feet with just his one glance. 
Suddenly the hair at the back of my neck stood up. Goosebumps pricked on my skin. Turning around, I observed my surroundings. Nothing seemed unusual. Then why did I feel like someone was watching me? As the colorful lights moved around the mass of chattering people, my gaze went to the first floor and stuck there. At the furthest corner, a figure stood there, his face in the shadow, hands in his pockets. He stood unmoving, his body facing mine. Even if I couldn't see his face, I could tell he was looking at me. And for some reason, it unnerved me. Even then, I couldn't tear my eyes. Who is he? M. Jumping in fright, I whirled around. Whoa, whoa, relax. It's just me, Warner said, putting his hands up. Breathing out a sigh of relief, I turned back again, and he was gone. You okay? Yeah, I'm fine. You just startled me, I replied, wetting my lips. All right, dance, he asked, giving me his hand. I looked for Tobias. And there he was, laughing with some girls with two glasses still in his hands. I shook my head at my brother. Giving Warner a small smile, I took his hand. I didn't want to be alone right now. Once at the dance floor, we started to sway under the dim lights and slow music. And then I felt it again. That stare, the burning gaze watching me from afar, following my every move. Warner tucked a strand behind my ear. But my ardent gaze was searching for something in the crowd. M, you sure you are all right? You look a little disturbed since last night. He frowned. Yeah, everything is all right. Don't worry, just the jet lag. I lied. I didn't want to. But I couldn't tell him why my nerves had been on haywire since I heard of this party. All right, if you say so. But you know you can tell me anything and everything. I will listen, right? This time my smile was genuine. I nodded my head. I know. His lips turned up as he took one of my hands and placed a kiss on the back of it. A throat cleared at my back. May I have the chance to dance with this beautiful lady? A deep hard voice asked. Distant Greek accent. I stiffened. Warner looked up over my head. And his eyes widened slightly. Recognition flashed into his eyes as a polite smile tugged on his lips. Sure. Stepping away, he glanced at me. I will wait for you at the bar. And then he disappeared from the dance floor. No, I wanted to say, but I couldn't move or say anything. I didn't even turn around. Didn't dare to. My heart pounded in my chest as I felt his heat behind me. A pair of big calloused hands covered mine. Placing them before me together, with his arms engulfing me, a gasp slipped through my lips at the electricity that ran in waves into my veins. When I didn't move, he took control and swayed us both with his enormous frame around me in slow moves. The heady combination of his exotic cologne tangled with smoke filled my senses. Still the same, my brain stopped working, hot breath tickled on my neck, making my knees weakened. An uncouth swarm of emotions crashed on me. Something squeezed in my chest as a shaky breath left my lips. Both of us stayed silent as we swayed under the music. All I could hear was the music. My deep breathing and the pounding of my heart in my ear. My hands trembled under his. I couldn't do this. I can't. 
I needed to go away. Moving his arms away. When I tried to pull away, he grasped my hand and swirled me around. Pulling me in. My chest collided against him. Gasping. When I looked up at him. My breath caught at my throat. Those stormy gray eyes. After seven years I was looking into them. And it was what I feared. They held me captive. Just as they used to do years ago. Those gray pools peered into my soul. Compelling me. His face was inches away from mine. Breathless. I took in his other features. And I was lost for words. Strong chiseled jaws. Prominent chin. Beautiful sharp nose. Firm desirable lips and a wide forehead. Not even a strand of his jet black hair was out of place. He wore it long. The ends touched his neck. Just like a Greek god. Gone that charming boyish look. Everything about him now screamed man. A powerful rough man. I was breathless. My gaze couldn't move from his face. I didn't know age made people that much beautiful. No. Beautiful was the word. Words couldn't describe Achilles Valencian. He was out of the world. Raising a hand. He brushed a single strand away from my face. And I didn't feel the shiver when Warner had done it earlier. His gaze roamed on every inch of my face. As if memorizing them. They seemed in some kind of trance. As if he couldn't help it. He brushed his knuckles against my cheek. A breathy murmur left his lips which I couldn't decipher. Subconsciously, I leaned into his touch. Eyes not leaving his face. Skin eager for more. Only those strong arms around me didn't suffice. My heart longed for something as it basked under his scorching gaze. The gaze I used to die for wishing it on me even for a second. My vision burned at the soaring emotions slamming in my chest. My ace. But then his voice broke my trance. Bringing me back to the present. The reality. Still won't talk to me. Rosie booed. His grey locking with my turquoise. Rosie booed. So he still remembered someone of that name existed in his life. Then he also must remember the heartache he gifted her years ago. Welcome to download the Brava Novel app. Read the novel The Trap of Ace online and get the latest updates. The Trap of Ace Novel Audiobook Chapter 2 Back in the City I glanced at my wrist. 9.30 Ma'am, please turn off your cell phone. The plane is about to take off said the flight attendant in her angelic voice. Yeah, just a minute. I threw her an apologetic look. Nodding her head, she walked away. Mom, I need to hang up now. The crews have already warned me for the second time. All right, all right. I will let you go now. You are coming to me in some hours anyway. We will be waiting outside the airport when you'll land. Excitement dripped from her voice. A sudden homesickness filled my mind. It's been two years since I met them. And keep that boy at an arm's length. Dad called out in the background. Shaking my head, I let out a chuckle. All right, guys. I will see you at the airport. Love you, honey. They entuned together. Love you too. Sighing, I looked out of the window. Another plane took off the runway. Flying high in the sky. It always fascinated me, though I always struggled with myself not to flip during the taking-offs.
a figure slumped beside me, making me turn my head, letting out a huff. He settled against the seat. How's your stomach now? I asked, seeing the perspiration on his forehead and flushed cheeks. Not good. I shouldn't have eaten the leftover macaroni last night. God, I swear, I won't ever touch leftovers again. He groaned. Poor guy, even in this crisis, he had agreed to come with me to my home. I'm so sorry, Warner. You have to travel with me in this state. You should stay back, you know. He flashed me a boyish smile. Don't be. It was my decision to tag along even after knowing my condition this morning. But it was me who asked you to come with me, I said. Guilt crashed on me. Don't be silly. I can do anything for you. And this is just a slightly uncomfortable journey. And it will go away just in a day. I've already taken medicines. He grasped my hand, untwining our fingers. I smiled. A grateful one. I love you, he said, looking at my eyes. The smile threatened to fall, but I managed to keep it on and squeezed his hand in return. The announcement of the flight attendant for every passenger to fasten their seat belts saved me from another awkward situation. We've been dating for six months now, and known each other since I joined college. We were good friends from the beginning. After my several failures at keeping up on dating a guy for more than a week, I gave up on kindling any kind of relationship with anyone. And when Warner one day asked me out at a friend's get-together, I couldn't put him down. He was everything a girl would want in an ideal boyfriend. Handsome, intelligent, humble, honest, and most importantly, he knew me so well. After all, we've been friends for three years now. So when he'd asked me to be his girlfriend, I had said yes. But even if he'd confessed his feelings for thousands of times before me, I couldn't just bring myself to reciprocate. It's not that I didn't like him. I did. He was a great guy. Maybe it takes some more time for me to feel that deep for him. And I was waiting for that day. Ma'am, would you like some coffee? The air hostish voice broke my trance. Do you have tea? Asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. After a long four and a half hours later when we finally landed in California, I found my parents right where they told me they would be, holding a placard that said, Welcome home. Mom met me with her more than usual enthusiastic hug, where Dad had a satisfied look in his eyes now that I finally came home, though it was just for two weeks until I would go back. From the day I decided to shift to any for my high school, he took the world of worry for me on his shoulders. They both did. It wasn't easy for me to stay that far from them, but it'd have been more difficult for me to stay here in this city. I needed time to heal myself, so the distance was necessary. As soon as the memories of that night started to flood in, I shut off my mind, burying them at the pit of my brain just like I did for the last seven years. I've moved on. Welcome home, little mouse. The moment I stepped into the threshold, I was tackled into a bone-crushing hug. Look at ya, you've grown up. I rolled my eyes at my brother. You just met me two months ago. Yeah, but it feels like ages since I irritated you, he said, eyes warm with nostalgia. I smiled. 
I've missed him, even though he visited me often in any whenever he was on his business trips. You better keep your stupid ass away from me. I'm warning you. I feigned a serious look. He chuckled. And then his gaze fell on Warner who looked blue in the face from his marathon to washrooms in every 10 minutes. He seemed at the verge of fainting at any moment. He was extremely embarrassed when he had to run for the washroom before he could even shake dad's hand. Way to impress my parents. I wanted their first meeting to be good. And dad couldn't dislike him anymore for that. He is too good to be true. Dad had said once on the phone. I didn't know why. But he didn't approve of him the moment he heard us dating. Hey, Warner. It's good to see you. Man. Tobias gave him a side hug. You alright though. You look sick. Nothing serious. Just have a stomach bug. And it's nice to see you too. Suddenly his expression twisted like someone had punched him in the gut. Uh, if you don't mind. Go right and then straight up. The first door. You will find the guest room. Said dad with a displeased tone. Heaving a thank you. He ran inside. I sighed. I will have to talk to dad about this. Though Warner didn't notice his tone now. He'd soon. Poor boy. Mom murmured. Subtly sending dad a look of reprimand which he proudly ignored and patted inside. Shaking her head. She looked at me. Honey. Why don't you go to your room and freshen up? I will make something quick for you in the meanwhile. Getting a nod from me. She followed dad. Definitely to give him an ear. Tobias threw an arm over my shoulder as we climbed up the stairs. So, you are determined to keep this one, huh? Like dad. He also wasn't fond of my boyfriend. But when dad was blatant about it. He was sneaky. He is a good guy. Tobias. And the best thing is. He is my best friend. Is it just it? You will keep him because he is a good guy and your friend. He raised his brow. Isn't it enough? He shrugged. What about feelings? I don't see you look at him the way you used to look at A. I put a hand before him. Not letting him finish the sentence. I like him. And I think it's enough for me to stay in a relationship with him. And you should be happy for me. Don't you? Something flashed in his eyes which I couldn't decipher. Then he smiled. If that's what makes you happy. M. My lips curled up. Thanks for understanding. Once he left me in my room to freshen up. I left a message to Cassie and Beth of my arrival and prepared for a long warm bath. It's been so long I haven't met them. Though FaceTiming was regular between us. They'd wanted to join me there for college. But Beth couldn't because her boyfriend was here. And Cassie. Well. She'd left her study for her modeling career. Good thing that her decision was right. She was a successful model now. And I couldn't be more proud of her. At the dinner. Warner looked much better than this morning. Tonight was our family dinner. So delicious dishes made by mom were the speciality. If I missed all these years anything beside my family. It was her cooking. When she placed a plate of apple pies before me. I gaped at her. My face splitting into a greedy grin. My favorite. Chuckling. She took her chair beside dad. When Tobias tried to pick one. I slapped his hand away. Don't you dare touch them. They're all mine.
He frowned. But that's not fair. I also love them. Toby, let my daughter have whatever she wants. You had them these years all by yourself. Now it's her turn, Dad said. This is partiality, he complained, making us all laugh. Mom's size twinkled watching us banter like old times. Then her gaze fell on my left wrist. What a beautiful bracelet. When did you get it? Honey. I gazed down at it. An involuntary smile touched my lips. It was a thin golden chain, decorated with glittering emeralds and sparkling tiny diamonds, shaped like roses. Someone gifted it to me on my graduation day. I replied. I still remember that day. Mom and Dad couldn't join because their flight got cancelled due to bad weather. No one from my family could attend. With a sunken mood when I returned to my flat that night after a wild party with my friends, I found a small box laying before my door. It was from someone anonymous. No note or name. Though I didn't want to keep it. I just couldn't resist it. I fell in love with it at the first sight. Who? I shrugged. Don't know, there wasn't any name on the gift box. Princess, you shouldn't accept anonymous gifts. It can be risky. And who would give you such an expensive bracelet and don't reveal their name? Dad's forehead creased. It might be Tom. And I'm sure he is the one who sends you roses on your every birthday. Exclaimed Warner. Who is Tom? Mom looked at me. I sighed. No one. Mom. A guy from my college who once asked me out. No one. He literally stalked you everywhere until something happened and he disappeared in the air. He must have taken seriously my threat to hand him over to police. Warner said. His face grim. Stalker. Mom and dad shrieked at the same time. All this happened. And you didn't even consider informing us. Dad gave me a look of displease and disappointment. Warner shifted uncomfortably on his chair at my glare. He had to open his big mouth right now, didn't he? Calm down, Dad. He was gone before I could even take any action. Gone where? I don't know. One day he just disappeared. I shrugged. Maybe he got the idea of my disinterest and gave up. He even disappeared from college. Warner muttered, receiving another look from me. Honestly. I didn't care where he vanished. But I didn't think it was him who gave me this bracelet. Such a beautiful idea wouldn't come into a psycho's head. Still, you should told us. Princess. Dad shook his head. It's alright. Mr. Hutton. I was there with her. Warner chimed. Dad eyed his lack of muscles and went back to his food. And Tobias lips twitched at the sight in amusement. He knew about Tom but didn't inform my parents because he knew how restless they could get about every tiny thing. Mom's size darted to the door. My sister was yet to join us. But as always, she had more important things to do than her family dinner. Just as I picked an apple pie and brought it to my lips, the sound of clicking heels on the tiled floor reached my ears. She had a big smile on her face as she sauntered closer. Hey everyone. Sorry. Got stuck with something. Yellow sundress. High stilettos. Shoulder-length straight blonde hair. Blue eyes and perfect makeup. As stunning and sophisticated as ever. Hey, little sis. 
lightly kissing my cheeks. She sat next to me. Look at you. You've grown more beautiful than I remember last time. My lips turned up in a tight-lipped smile. Thanks. How are you? Oh, I've been good. More than just good. Actually, she chirped, her skin glowing under the light. When her gaze landed on Warner, she recognized him immediately, though I wasn't in touch with her much, other than my one or two days visits sometimes at home. Tobias kept updating her about me on a regular basis, even though she wasn't interested. After we were finished with our dinner, dessert was served. So, M, you heard about the party tomorrow night, asked Tess. Mom tensed at the mention of the party. I raised my brows. What party? They didn't tell you. The party at Valencian House. Now it was my turn to tense, where her eyes shone with excitement. A party will be thrown at the celebration of Valencian Corps coming on Forbes Business Magazine. They're ruling the country's business world now. Isn't it cool? Tobias cast a concerned glance. So did mom. At Tesh question, I just nodded my head. Yeah, that boy has worked hard for it. After his father, he handled their whole business single-handedly, commented dad. Gaze proud. Why not? After all, he is my best friend, Tess said. Flashes of that night floated in my mind. My hand curled around the glass. And, another thing, in this party, I'm going to announce something really important before the whole world. So you all must join. As I was about to open my mouth to say no, Mom gasped. Is that a ring in your finger? Tess. Another smile stretched across her lips as she shyly raised her hand for everyone to show. H. He proposed to me last night. And tomorrow, we're going to announce our official engagement date. Everyone held a stunned face. Something churned in my stomach. When did this happen? I thought you guys weren't serious. Mom queried. I know. We were on and off. There were some issues between us. Especially with him. You know. After what happened to his family. But he finally got the balls and proposed to me last night. I can't explain how happy I am. Her eyes shone with happy tears. And then my gaze fell on the letter that was engraved on her ring. What's the Vston for? Tess. My eyes glued to it. The grip of my hand tightened around the glass. She followed my stare. Oh, it's for Valencian. Isn't it beautiful? Welcome to download the Brava Novel APP. Read the novel The Trap of Ace online and get the latest updates. The Trap of Ace Novel Audiobook Chapter 1 Prologue I stared at the girl before me, and her nervous eyes behind those black-rimmed glasses were also set on me. Tentatively, I tucked a strayed strand behind my ear and bit my lip. She mimicked. I blinked. So did she. You done with your stare-down match with yourself. M. A huff came from behind me. For God's sake. You are doing this for the last five minutes. You are creeping me out now. I glanced at my best friend through the mirror. With folded arms on her chest. Sitting at the edge of my bed. She scalded at me. My eyes went back to my reflection. I don't know. Beth. Do you think he, he'll like my look? 
After we spent two hours to doll you up. Yes. We think that he'll like your look. And won't reject you when you announce your undying love for him. Said my other best friend. Cassie. Standing beside Beth. Reject. The same word that has been haunting my dreams for years now. I've been waiting for this day for six years. The day he said those words to me. I've been waiting since. And if he rejects me today, I don't know what I'd do. Will you be me, Prince? Ace. I want to be your princess. I'd asked my brother's best friend when he gave me a Cinderella dress on my ninth birthday. He laughed at my silly question. Almost breaking my heart. But then when he saw my crestfallen face, he crouched down before me, looking into my turquoise eyes with his stormy gray. You are my princess. Really? I brightened up like a Christmas tree. That means you will marry me. He bit his lip. His eyes lit up with amusement. I'm sorry, Rosie booed. But I can't. Why not? I pouted. Because it's not the right time. You are still so young. Then when will be the right time? I gazed up at him with so much hope. When you turn into a blooming rose from a rosebud. I had waited till that day to bloom into a rose. I didn't know what that meant at that moment. But to remember and understand. I had written those words into my personal diary. And Cassie said at this age we were big enough to have a lover. Well she already had one at the age of 14. And is on her fourth at 15 now. I knew whatever Ace had said that day was because he didn't want to break a nine-year-old's naive heart. But I didn't care. I think I was ready to confess my feelings to him today. For real this time. M. You are looking stunning. Though I preferred your long wavy hair. But it's alright. This also suits you. Commented Beth. I'd cut my waist length hair to my shoulder and tamed my wild waves straight. Just like Tess. My sister, she and my brother, Tobias, were twins. So obviously, Ace was her best friend too. And I'd once heard him say that he liked Tess' hair. So I turned my hair just like her. Though hers were blonde where mine was chestnut. Short hair is in fashion now. And Ace likes them short. I replied, checking my manicured nails. Just like Tess. Just like Ace preferred. All of his girlfriends were just like my sister. Beautiful and classy. Yes. I was jealous of them. But then they all were temporary. Once we'd be together. Then there wouldn't be anyone else in his life other than me. I blushed at the thought. So I decided to be like them taking inspiration from my sister. Maybe he'd notice me then. And today's whole makeover was the proof. Dressed like Tess. Styled like Tess. I even sneaked her favorite perfume from her room. Isn't this dress too short? Cassie. Though I wanted to wear something like Tess. I was uncomfortable in them. Well she looked good in those tight little dresses. She had a good amount on both front and behind. Where I was flat in both ways. Well. A 15 year old couldn't have any more. Is not. You are wearing that and that's final. Don't you want to make Ace notice you? She raised her brow. Fine, I said, taking a deep breath. Come on, M, you can do this. All right, let's go now. Otherwise we will miss your brother and sister's grand entry. She chirped, sauntering outside. 
Today was my older sibling's 19th birthday, and every occasion at Hutton family was known to be grand, so no one wanted to miss this special event. Almost half of the renowned families were invited today. When we all reached the hall, I kept fidgeting in my place. My hands were clammy and my chest thudded. I was nervous for tonight's meeting with Ace, and my too short dress made me more uncomfortable. I spotted my dad and mom in the crowd. They stood close to each other, as always, they to be always by the hips. Even after 20 years of marriage, they were so madly in love with each other. And that made me hope, if I and Ace would be like that someday. Emmy, mom's voice broke my daydream. I smiled and patted towards them. Oh my, look at you, my little baby looks so beautiful today. She gushed, her smile blinding. You think, I blushed, of course, baby, you should do it more. Dad stayed quiet, he didn't seem to be pleased with me dressing up like that, opposite of my nature. You didn't like the gown I brought for you, princess, he asked. I did, very much. But Ace wouldn't like that. Of course I did. Dad. But I couldn't find matching jewelry with it. I lied. He nodded his head. Mom had a knowing look on. She knew. Everyone knew of my crush on Achilles Valencian. But they didn't know that it was more than just a mere crush. He became my dream prince from the day he stepped into our house with Tobis when I was just seven. I still remembered that day clearly in my vague memories, but the day he saved me from some bullies in my school, he became my hero, and with time, he became my heart. I stopped there to cover my flushed cheeks. Where was he? I looked around. He should been here by now. Last month when he played chess with me, he'd promised me he'd be here tonight, and he never broke his promises to me. He used to come here every day. But after the tragedy his family faced a year ago, his visit in our home had lessened. He changed. Carefree playful Ace turned into a lost and always angry Ace. But he was always soft with me though. He'd come and see us once a month. And of course, to play chess with me. The crowd cheered as Tess and Tobias climbed down the stairs in a dramatic way with the spotlight on them. In a pink mid-thigh fairy dress. Tess looked like a real fairy, while Tobias looked good in his black tux. They smiled down at the cameras and everyone as their group of friends clapped and whistled wildly. But there wasn't still any sign of Ace. Excusing myself, I aimlessly wandered around the people. Where are you? Oh, colliding into a hard chest. I stumbled back. A pair of arms circled around my waist. I'm so-so looking up. My breath hitched at my throat. Stormy gray eyes stared down at me. His dense stubbles were gone, showing his chiseled jaw. Jet black hair gelled back and the ring on his right brow was there today, even though there were dark shadows under his beautiful eyes. And he'd lost some weight than before. He still looked breathtaking. Rosie booed. His forehead creased as he straightened me on my feet. His eyes roamed up and down my body, his lips tightening. What are you wearing? Greek accent in his voice came deep. And it happened whenever he was angry. My eyes widened. Didn't he like my appearance? Uh, why, don't I look good? I bit my lip. 
I thought you'd like it. His frown deepened as he watched my hair and heavy makeup. But then he shook his head. You don't need my approval in anything. Emerald. It's your choice to whatever you want to wear. With that, he walked away. My heart fell. I looked down at myself. Was anything wrong with my look? Why was he so distant? He has been like this since his dad died. Our families weren't that close. They always preferred their privacy. So no one really knew what happened to his dad. But whatever happened, it changed my ace drastically. And it made my heart ache for him. Running upstairs, I changed into the white gown dad had brought me and removed my makeup. Once satisfied with my new neutral look, I headed back downstairs. Ignoring Cassie and Beth's raised brows, I went to find Ace again. My brother and sister were busy chatting with their friends, but he wasn't there. Hey, M, Tobias called out. Smiling, I walked to them. Aren't you forgetting something, little sis? Chuckling, I hugged him tight. Happy birthday. He lifted me off the ground, getting a squeal out of me. Where is my gift? He asked, once he put me down. Tobias loved his birthday gift from me. Actually, he loved the red velvet cake I baked him since I honed my skills in baking. And so did Ace. You will get it after the party. It's in the fridge. I replied, my eyes going back to the crowd for a moment. And there he was, standing at a corner, beside a table, with a drink in his hand. He looked deep in thought. Happy birthday, wrapping my arms around Tess. I wished her. Thanks. She pulled back. You changed. Her eyes raked over my gown. Mark, a boy in their group slapped on Ace back, greeting him, but he ignored him. And when Mark went to reach for the glass in his hand, Ace shot him a sharp look, making him back away. Uh, yeah, that dress was slightly uncomfortable. I said absentmindedly, my eyes set on him. I will be back just in a minute. When I went to move, she caught my arm and dragged me away from her friend's earshots. You are going to confess tonight, aren't you? I let out a surprised gasp. How did she know? Don't, she said in a sharp voice. You will only be heartbroken. Frowning, I snatched my arm from her grip. How do you know? Who knows? Maybe he likes me too. Don't be foolish. M. Just because he is soft with you doesn't mean he harbors any kind of feelings for you. Her voice was harsh, and you and I both know he only cares for you as a brother, not a lover. So don't embarrass him with your stupidness. He is already disturbed with his own problems. Her words stung. I always feared that his kindness towards me might be just a brotherly love. But deep down, I felt there was more than that. It may be stupid and nonsense. But my heart told me not to lose hope. I won't know unless I confront him. Right. I won't embarrass him. And you don't know everything. So why don't you just go and enjoy your party and let me be on my own? My tone matched hers. Her blue eyes flashed. Stay away from him. Emerald. He isn't the one for you. Now my anger flared. I will do whatever the hell I want. Tess, it's none of your business. So, leave me alone. Turning on my heels, I strode away.
Once I'd padded closer to where Ace stood, I took a calming breath and smoothed my hair. No one can stop me from telling you my feelings today. Hey, my voice came out meek. Gone the confidence into the air. Nervousness fluttered in my tummy. His gray eyes lifted to mine. This time his gaze didn't hold displease. But there wasn't any pleasure either. They were just cold. He was actually in a bad mood. Should I do it today? But it had taken me so much courage to make up my mind. I didn't know if I could have that much guts anytime soon. Won't you play chess with me today? Ace, I've been waiting for another match. Maybe after the game. His mood turns good. He thought for a second and then nodded his head. Yeah, that sounds good. This party is boring me anyway. My grin was face splitting. All right. Let me go and ready the board. In the library. As usual. He nodded. Taking a sip. I will be up in a few. Failing to contain my excitement. I threw my arms around his neck and hugged him tight. His exotic scent with a tinge of smoke. Made me giddy. I will be waiting for you. My sudden act caught him off guard as he stood stiff. His touch on my back was almost non-existent. Inhaling a deep breath. He pulled me away by my shoulders. His lips in a straight line as he said. Go. Nodding my head. I skipped off to our small library and started to make the board ready for play. I could barely contain myself from dancing around. I was finally going to tell him. Tell him that I love him. Ten minutes passed, and he wasn't still up. Then it turned into twenty, and there wasn't any sign of him. I even missed the cake cutting so that he wouldn't have to wait if he came here. He said he'd be here in a few. Letting out a sigh, I got up and went downstairs again. The party was going on in a full swing. Most elders retired for tonight and there were only the youngsters. Dancing and drinking wildly. I spotted Cassie dancing with my brother. And Beth drank with some girls. But I couldn't see him anywhere. The loud music and sharp smell of alcohol almost made me gag. Where is he? Making my way through the half-wasted dancing population. I padded towards the balcony. But he wasn't even there. Did he forget about our match and left already? But he never forgets our match. Sighing in disappointment. I decided to go back up to my room. Maybe another day. Just when I turned to go. I heard something. Some strange noises. I hadn't fully entered inside the balcony. I stood at the doorway. Curious. I slowly moved inside and looked at my right. I froze. My heart stopped in my chest as my breath hitched at my throat. My hands shook at my sides. As I took in the sight before me. His hands were wrapped tightly around her waist and hers were around his neck. One hand tugged at his hair as their mouth worked on each other in a passionate kiss. Not even an inch of space left between them. Their every moan and groan hit my heart like thousand stabs of knives. Shattering it into millions of pieces. My feet stumbled back. Tears fell from my eyes. His hands roamed around her body as he pulled her more clothes. My heart squeezed so hard that I had to clutch my chest. A sob threatened to escape my lips but I slapped a hand over my mouth and ran away. I ran and ran until I was inside my room. Closing the door behind me, I let out an agonized sob. 
Tears blinded my vision as I still had a hand on my chest that pained physically. I felt my insides breaking, falling into irreparable pieces. I heard my best friends knocking on my door. Their concerned voices reached my ears. But I couldn't speak. I couldn't move. All I could do was lie on the floor in my dark room and cry my heart out. The visions of them tangled around each other's arms flashed across my mind again and again, making it hurt more. He didn't know, but she did. Her betrayal just intensified the pain more. Betrayal of others could be tolerated, but betrayal of loved ones wasn't. How could she do this to me? How? I stayed on the cold floor for the entire night, cradling my heart, mourning the loss of my love. The love my own sister took away from me. Welcome to download the Brava Novel app. Read the novel The Trap of Ace online and get the latest updates.